Welcome to the Industrial Talk Podcast with Scott McKenzie. Scott is a passionate industry professional dedicated to transferring cutting-edge, industry-focused innovations and trends while highlighting the men and women who keep the world moving. So put on your hard hat, grab your work boots, and let's go. All right. Welcome, you industrial professionals all around the world. Thank you very much for joining Industrial Talk, the number one industrial-related podcast in the universe that is dedicated to you. Industry professionals all around the world because you're bold, brave, and you dare greatly. You're changing lives and you're changing the world. Why not celebrate you big time? All right. In the hot seat, we have a person by the name of Anna Wells. The company is IEN. They have a podcast, by the way. Their podcast is Today in Manufacturing. So she's a pro. She's a pro. And you know what we're talking about? The changes and the challenges that are taking place today that are impacting manufacturing today. We're just touching upon technology. We're touching upon labor and, and uh, resources. What do we do? How do we you know achieve what we need to achieve? She brings it all to the table. Let's get a Kyrakan. Great conversation. Just FYI. An absolutely wonderful conversation. Yeah, she brings the lumber. And of course, you know, with her organization, the uh, uh, IEN, they get all of the latest information. So go out to IEN.com. It's a it's a great website. Laid out well. No no issues there. That's for doggone sure. All right. You know we're building a platform. This uh, Industrial Talk platform is uh, dedicated and uh, highlights, and uh, it's an ecosystem I guess I can continue to sort of use other words. But the reality is, is that for us to really succeed going forward, we, we have to educate. And, and you'll get this with uh, uh, Anna. It, it's imperative that we stay engaged, educate. It's also imperative that we collaborate, collaborate with industry leaders and uh, solutions, the people that we can trust, because it's happening. And then, of course, how do we deploy innovation? How do we deploy technology in the right way? to be able to um, achieve what you need to achieve from a business perspective, from a manufacturing perspective, from an industrial perspective. Uh, that's what this platform is all about. Now, with that said, we've got some webinars that are, are scheduled because the, the reality is, is that, one, we've, we've got to dive deep, and, and these, these webcasts allow us to dive deeper into the subject matter, be able to sort of share the information, download it. And again, it's all just focused on you and and being able for you to achieve what you need to achieve and get the information that you need. Uh, A couple of planned uh, webcasts. One, we already have one out there that is aligning supply chain strategy with your PF curve because it's all about asset uptime and, and manu- your maintenance and how do you get that that material there as quickly and as efficiently as we possibly can and, and aligning that PF curve with the uh, your supply chain strategy, very, very beneficial. The other ones that we have planned and that we're scheduling right now is from my perspective, being a utility guy, being a former journeyman lineman, I'm intrigued with what is taking place within the utility market. Uh, how do you ensure the, you know, the, the delivery of power is safe, reliable, and cost-effective, right? Uh, but there's a lot of digitalization that has taken place within that industry as well. And 
uh, we're going to have uh, a couple of great uh, speakers on that topic uh, shortly. So we're going to be recording that one, and it's it's going to just sort of take us down that road. The other one that we're also looking into from a uh, webcast perspective is is the the tsunami of data that many of the utilities have to manage, and what do you do, and how do you do that effectively? Because the reality is. I, I I use power and I want the power to be reliable and uh, clean and uh, whatever whatever the drivers are. So there's a lot of change that's taking place with that marketing. And then finally, we've got a uh, a program out there, and it's and it's because you've asked for it. Is about what do I do? How do I how do I continue to push out content? What are the t- uh, strategies and tools? And I have uh, from my perspective. I think if you're if you're selling, if you're marketing, if you're doing the stuff that generates revenue, which is what what we do, you need to have at minimum, and, and it, it could be less, but at a minimum, a process that allows you to have uh, greater than fifteen value added touch points, and it's all out there, and you'll you'll see how that how I create those, and I call it the casino funnel. But anyway, because once you're in it. Yeah, you know, you're you're going to continue, and I think that companies are looking for uh, solutions that solve problems, which is, you know, what everybody wants is, you know, I've got a problem, I got a pain point, how do I solve it? Anyway, let's get on with the conversation. Anna Wells, again, they have a uh, incredible uh, uh, podcast out there called Today in Manufacturing. Uh, highly recommend that you. Uh, uh, Check it out because they they start talking about trends and things that are taking place, and that's what we're going to be doing on this uh, conversation. But uh, a wonderful, it was an absolutely wonderful conversation. So here's Anna Wells. Anna, welcome to Industrial Talk. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Excellent. I'm I'm so excited about having this conversation. Outside of the fact that you've got mad skills out there, listener. We're going to have all the contact information for Anna, her organization, out on Industrial Talk. I highly, right off the bat, before we even get into the conversation, highly recommend that you put her on your bucket list to connect with big time. All right, before we get into all of the wonderful conversations that we are going to be talking about, give us a little background on who Anna is. Keep it brief because I know that you have a hell of a CV. Absolutely. So, um I am an executive editor with Industrial Media, uh, which is a media company with brands that reach various audiences along the industrial supply chain. So that includes plant executives, managers, supply chain and purchasing professionals, distributors. Uh, We produce content daily um, along many formats. We have a podcast. We have print magazines, digital content, video, market research, all all of that. You may recognize some of our brands like Manufacturing.net. Industrial Distribution, IEN, which is Industrial Equipment News, uh, an old tabloid magazine that's been around for 90 years. Um, And so I've been working on this team for about 17 years, and I specialize in areas like plant operations and distribution, really more as an observer of trends. Um, So I'm used to interviewing others. I'm not used to being interviewed, so I hope I am suitable for that. (laughs) Oh yeah, I I understand. I sympathize with you, and uh, because I'm never on that side of the the mic either, and then I feel like I'm rambling, and I don't feel comfortable with that. So totally, 
So I'm going to make you feel un- no. I'm not going to make you feel uncomfortable. Do Before we uh, proceed, you said podcast. What's the name of the podcast? It is the Today in Manufacturing podcast, and so it's a panel. Uh, two other editors on our team, Jeff and David, and I. Uh, we take the five most popular stories um, on our websites for the week, and we uh, kind of hone in a little bit on those topics and talk about them in more detail and their impact on the industry going forward. A lot of stuff that draws our readers' attention is like safety incidents, um, new technology developments, uh in scandals and manufacturing and just kind of like what those mean for the industry and what people can do to maybe operate better. So that's, that's what we do. Scandals. Scandals. You would not believe the scandals. <laughs> like, like an example of a scandal. I'm, um, I'm sorry. You got, we've got a list here of stuff to do, but, but I, I, because I am the host and uh, I get intrigued and I go off on tangents. I, when you say scandal, it's like, Oh, 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 I know. How titillating yeah. is that? <laughs> Tell well, us, what do you mean? Yeah, so like um, people uh, stealing IP and selling it to China or like oh. plant, plant managers who um, have these embezzlement schemes going on. Oh. Online. Um, people are very interested in those types of stories. Uh, they they're a little are. Sensational, but mm-hmm. yes, yes. But, um, but at the same time, you know, I think there's always nuggets of value that you can extract from even the most sensational story like do you have the right checks and balances in place to make sure this doesn't happen to you <laughs> so yeah i know See, i i i live in a different world i i i just merrily go about my business carry my six pack of beer hey hey happy do lucky happy grand time gosh that is that's interesting oh, okay so let's get into the conversation because you guys because clearly you have a lot of information that, well, again, I'm just Scott McKenzie carrying a six-pack of beer, and I'm having a grand old time, and I get to have conversations with people like you. So one of the topics that I'd like to talk about, the trends driving change in industrial business, there's change, super-duper change happening out there. Yeah. Anna, what does that mean? Well, change is happening in many different ways. I think um, one of the biggest that we're seeing right now, and obviously this applies to, you know, companies across every sector, is just what's happening with labor challenges, um, including how, yeah. So, um, you know, industrial businesses are making some changes here um, as it applies to new methods for recruiting and retaining workers. so that's been interesting to see. I think we've seen more of that accelerate in the last couple of years. Where what, com- so so with that said, it is yes. it's it's a com- if if I had a nickel every t- time somebody says, "Hey, Scott, you know we're having trouble retaining or attracting or and and of course in industry it, there's a there's an education that has to happen because everybody thinks it's dirty or whatever it might be. What what. What do you find the successful companies doing to impact or move the needle on the, you know, that resource challenge? Definitely. Yeah. I think that you bring up such a great point right away about the image problem. And uh, yeah. obviously, you know, yeah, manufacturers have suffered from this image problem for, for years and years. And I think it was getting better. But then, you know, to me, uh, I think it crept up again during the last few years when you saw wage rates go up in all sectors like retail for example that were once not competing for labor with manufacturing but now they are right so um 
I think manufacturers oh. have to address some of those real perceptions that people might have. Like, why would you want to work in a hot, dirty plant where you need a lot of training when you could spend your day in an air-conditioned Target store and still make $17 an hour? So if your plant's not hot and dirty, many are not, right? You have to make that clear. If you can train on the job and not ask for a million skills in your job posting, do that, right? So I think wow. manufacturers are finding themselves having to address some of those perceptions. And in, in some cases, those perceptions are reality, of course. But in order to make themselves competitive with not just other plants, but Walgreens, McDonald's, like there are lots of things that are advantageous about working in manufacturing over retail. What are they? Be clear about that, right? Yeah, it, it's always it, – it's funny because when we start talking about it, I think you brought up some really cool points, and I never thought of it that way where you're talking about wages, everything elevated at the same time, giving giving more rise to other options for employment. That's one thing. Um, never thought of that. That's really intriguing. And the other point that I thought was in, uh, valuable is that the ability to be able to learn on the job. I don't think we do that enough. I think that job postings tend to be this litany of you got to do this, you got to be able to do this, you got to have five years, you got to have this and this and this. But when I was a lineman, when I became a lineman, it was an apprenticeship program. You don't have people out there just, hi, I, I'm climbing a tower and now I want to be a lineman. So I, I think those are two really good points that, that you bring up. I still struggle with the marketing side of saying why you know paint that picture and i think there's some really good opportunities to be able to paint a a rosier picture do you agree i do and i think there are some benefits to working in manufacturing that people don't really consider maybe they don't think about but if you look um you know if you're going to evaluate on straight wages you know maybe they are consistent with retail, but um, but manufacturing plants tend to have better benefits programs. Um, they better they tend to have better, you know, healthcare programs, time off, all of that stuff than you would get if you went to work for somebody else in say retail. Um, so I think that's important to kind of focus on what what it is that you can offer outside of of some of those other career fields, you know? T touch upon, you know, in many of my conversations I've had with uh, plenty around the world, there's this juggernaut, shall we say, in technology. Can you touch upon that? Because I think that that elevates the, uh, the business itself as well, because I think you cannot have a business that is uh, sustainable and resilient going forward if you're not actively engaged in the technologies that are impacting your business. Tell us a little bit about that. I, I totally agree. Uh, you know, um, there was a long time where um, manufacturers and, you know, when I say manufacturers, like I think we both know that this is a very diverse group in America. You know, these there's no one size fits all for manufacturing. There's a ton of really small companies that are in this space. And then, of course, there's the the big guys as well. And they operate in many ways very differently. So it can be hard to apply you know, like these are the best tech tools to, to move forward, right? Um, yeah. Because you just, you don't know who you're dealing with. But uh, but we are seeing manufacturers trend towards more high-tech tools. I think opening themselves up to some new options. Um, we see that the light, I think, went on for some of them during the pandemic. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, that was a slap upside the face. Oh my gosh. Hey, yeah, go ahead. Was, I'm sorry. It was, no, it was like getting dumped with a bucket of cold water. <laughs> yeah, yeah, big time, um, big time. Well, and, and you know, what's interesting to me is seeing uh, themes like AI come up now where this was one of those trends that people talked about for years and it was very buzzy and people approached it with a little bit of fear or, you know, at best indifference, like, well, what is that going to do for me? Um, now, I think companies are starting to see the business case of being able to apply smart technologies and analytics and some of the predictive capabilities that are that are there for them. So when they the next supply chain meltdown occurs, you know, how do they handle their forecasting? How do they get a handle on those supply chains? So I do think they are open to more and some of the surveys that we've put out have also reflected that that people are open to some of these new ideas however um i think that while they do see the business case there's also a bit of paralysis that comes along with um, what i would call the current firefighting conditions um, i think manufacturers tend to get slowed down on transformational business change during periods of high demand so coming out of the pandemic uh, that impetus for change was maybe stymied a little bit uh, because they had workforce issues, right? You saw a lot of firefighting, you saw a lot of pinch hitting. I think you still do. So every time somebody is taken out of their normal role, then that can can get kicked down the road a little bit more. Um, and change management is hard, you know? So I think uh, it's especially hard when you're super swamped. And the risk is that I think when when implementations of new technologies can pay off the most um, is is really the hardest time to implement that. <laughs> see, and, and see, and you're absolutely right. You, you don't want to implement new technologies in a firefight. That's for doggone sure. But the reality too is, is that uh, how do you, as a manufacturer, let's let's just uh, use a, a, a small to mid. Uh, the big the big boys, girls. They'll they'll handle all the technology. They'll figure it out. And they'll they'll be able to make the mistakes. And the small to mid, there's a greater risk. And the <laughs> risk is there's so much buzz out there. They're saying, yeah, yeah, I'm an IoT specialist. Oh yeah, yeah, I can do that. I can grab that David. I can do it in the cloud. I can do this. All edge, yeah. They'll say yes, but for me, I would have a real difficult time with trust. I want to. I want to. Yes, I see it. I need to do the technology and I need to be able to embrace it because it makes me better. But who do I trust help with that journey? Because I still have my 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 challenges over here with my business, but I need to do this. And I don't have mm -hmm. the bandwidth. I need trust. Mm -hmm. Do you agree? I do. And uh, it's, it's really hard to take that plunge and people don't want to stick their neck out because they're very fearful of downtime. Um, oh. <laughs> and what that might mean, you know, or they have this this muscle memory of some horrible implementation in their past that caused all this drama and never <laughs> fully realized the benefits of it, right? Nobody used it. And so now they're afraid to do that. However, so much change has taken place that some of this stuff is so off the shelf that, you know, you want to see somebody try to take that chance, but they're afraid to do so, you know? Yeah, but but it's it's undeniable. I, I think that if you're dealing with resources and the challenges of the resource market, uh, I think that um, one of the options outside of, you know, offering benefits, offering you know, the standard HR protocol, uh, I think another area is 
in the elevation of your business by employing and, and deploying technology. And that'll also, like, I, I'm a big fan of robotics. I just say, because outside of the fact it's cool, <laughs> I think that there's some real use cases that help businesses succeed and, and bottom line value. Do you agree with that? Yes, I do. And I think that the business case for, um, you know, you used to think that automation was for large repetitive production lines. Um, now I think there's fewer barriers to entry for other types of manufacturers, smaller ones, uh, more built to order. Everything costs less now. Not everything, but, you know, um, a lot of it, you know, you can you can get in um, at, a, at a lower level. Cobots, I think, are, are coming for smaller Cobots, businesses. Baby. Even. Yeah. Um, yeah. 3, 3D printing, I think, like that hype wheel. Oh. I think we're finally seeing a place in business as more materials are being developed. Um, they've, you know, there's been a lot of inroads made with quality, consistency improvements just in the last couple of years. I do think that we're going to see more of that um, in the next couple of years really take off. See, what's interesting, and, and, and you've been around the market for a long time, you see a lot of things that hit the market or you have the conversations about, you know, 3D printing. Can it ever get to the point where it is actually uh, industrial level or whatever? And and it's so funny because I, I've seen the same thing and I was just like, oh, hey, that's great. That's a big machine. But really, will it work? And then all of a sudden today, it's like additive manufacturing. Sure, we can create we can create this and it's more efficient. And it's it's an exciting time. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. And I think yeah. to your – oh, go sorry, ahead. go ahead. No, 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 oh, no, no. I, I walked on you. I was just going to say to your point around, um, you know, workforce and technology and elevating your business, um, you know, the data out there suggests that younger workers are willing to leave their job if they don't have the right tech tools, right? If they don't feel like they're working yes. in a modern environment. So I yeah. think that, you know, outside of just what your goals are for your operation from a production standpoint or from a design standpoint, you need to also think about what tech tools can you provide to enable your workers and make them stay because you know they always talk about once you open the door you have to close the back door I don't love that analogy but <laughs> but you know the point is like how do you get those people to um, adapt your workplace understand it feel valued and um, and want to come to work every day and turnover is hard it's more it's oh. expensive, right? It's 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 the last thing that you want is to hire someone and then watch them walk out the door. So at, looking at tech tools as another way of retaining those workers, I think, is really important. And see, and I think the the messaging around the technology is one, it's it's not static. And if you for me, I, I love change. I love the excitement of change. And I know some people don't, and and, and that's probably to some extent, contrary to manufacturers, and but change is happening. And so when we start talking about technology, it's, it's a career. It's a career that has ongoing, you know, excitement from my perspective, you know, new cobot technology, new CNC technology, new whatever. And it's, it's, and it seems like the velocity is, Dial blistering, and I, I I get all buzzy buzz about the whole thing. Yeah, it's exciting. I agree, and you know some of the technology that you know even five, six, seven years ago, 
you you were like, this is a long way off. I don't see the value. Um, or people really didn't understand the business case. That is just, some of that has become so clear now. Um, and, and I think that's, that's really exciting too. And, and, and it's a good reminder of, um, why manufacturers need to address some of those generational divides. Cause as we discussed earlier, yeah. recruiting is tough, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a long time that I think it was easy for companies in all sectors to kind of dismiss the requests and requirements of the youngest generation coming into the workforce. Um, I think a lot of those concerns that were being expressed were ignored. Um, people would kind of roll their eyes about what does Gen Z want? Oh, they want everything. (laughs) Um, But I do see companies starting to take those concerns of the younger generation a little bit more seriously. So adding in those tech tools, um, you know, younger workers say they want more feedback um, to feel like they're making a difference. Uh, And so it's not just about, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, and know uh, and sustainability and all of the yeah. other stuff that you gotta sort of wrestle with. And and you know, again, uh old school mindset of manufacturing is like I'm manufacturing this thing and I gotta get it done. I don't have I don't have the bandwidth within between my ears to be able to think about that and uh, create a career path and have the conversation and feedback. It but it it's it is. And I can't keep up with whatever Gen Z, Gen Y, Gen whatever. All I know is that young people will need to find a place to work and mm-hmm. and just recognize whatever that is. Uh, you know, I'll be retiring. Probably never. But <laughs> that's between you and me. I wouldn't be able to retire because uh, I, I think this stuff is exciting. I wish I was younger. But but the reality is, is that it, it, it just is. You just have to do it. And whether you like it or not, mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. All right, listeners, we're going to wrap it up now. There are a couple of points that I want to make sure that you uh, put down. One, uh, from a from a labor perspective, I think that uh, uh, Anna brought up a couple of really good, solid points about uh, what's happening in the marketplace, uh, being able to market the benefits of being in manufacturing. I think that those are really good uh, points to consider. I think technology is going to be, it just, whether you like it or not, it, it just begin to embrace it. Just do it. Get on board. Get, man. get on board. <laughs> Don't stick your head. And then find a, a, a Sherpa of some sort that you trust. I'm sure Anna has people that uh, fall into that category because, well, you know, the last thing I want to do is recommend somebody that uh, doesn't deliver and then have that conversation. <laughs> Don't want that. So. Anyway, you are absolutely spectacular. How do people get a hold of you, Anna? Oh, okay, great. So um, you can reach me via email, Anna at IEN.com. If anyone would like to uh, check out our podcast, you can find the archive on manufacturing.net. I would love it if you guys just give us a look. Um, We have so much fun every week, and it's totally inappropriate, and it's super fun, though. Not as fun as this This, No, this was was so fun. This was cool, huh? Yeah. (laughs) Thank you so much. I, because I'm Scott McKenzie with a six-pack of beer, and, you know, this is the way it sort of rolls. Where is All my right. beer? I was not told there would be beer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Virtual beer. Virtual beer. Okay, cheers. <laughs> That's, that is IEN.com. We're going to have all the contact information with all of the links also to uh, the videos that, I mean, she's 
there's there's a ton of stuff out here. So we're going to have it all out on Industrial Talk. Definitely connect with uh, Team IEN. You will not be disappointed. Anna, thank you very much. Thank you, Scott. I really appreciate you inviting me. It's been super fun. Get out of here. Shut the front door. All right, listeners, we're going to wrap it up on the other side. We're going to have all the contact information for Anna out there. So stay tuned. We will be right back. You're listening to the Industrial Talk Podcast Network. Cool beans. That's Anna. IEN is the company. Check them out. Manufacturing. Uh, Today a Manufacturing Podcast. Got to check that one out. But fear not. You know. You know what they're saying. It's all going to be out on Industrial Talk. All of, I mean, look at the blogs. We've got uh, past videos. Boy, they're delivering on content. Fantastic stuff. Because you need to educate, you need to collaborate, and of course you need to innovate. And to do that, you have to continue to educate and continue to consume because it's happening fast. Holy cow, is it happening fast. All right, webcasts. We've got a bunch of webcasts. One, we've got the alignment of a supply chain with your PF curve. Two, we're going to be doing a series on utilities. Three, we're going to be doing something on marketing, which is the casino funnel, and it is greater than 15 value-added touch points. There it is. Stick to it. Be bold, be brave, dare greatly. Hang out with Anna. You'll change the world. We're going to have another great conversation shortly, so stay tuned.